Good morning. If you don't know me, my name's Nigel. And if you do know me, my name's still Nigel. Uh, I haven't done the old name change yet. But really nice to see you. And thanks for being with us here at Woody's, especially if you're new or maybe it's your first time here. Especially if maybe you're exploring faith, you wouldn't say you were a paid-up member of the Christian Club. But you're here and we really appreciate you being here. So for us as a church, we've just had a week of prayer. And this morning, I'm going to be talking about prayer. And I'm going to be talking about persistence in prayer. And... Yeah, prayer is a big topic. I don't know how you found prayer week. I've had a good time. I've actually managed to carve out some time to do some praying. Uh, in previous prayer weeks, I'm so busy organizing prayery things that sometimes I'm kind of not very good at the praying bit. But I had a great time here on Tuesday night praying with the church family and managed to have some time praying. And I was like, oh, I should do more of this, you know. I quite like it. But whenever I sort of properly pray, not just the kind of quick random prayers, but actually try and pray, I often start having questions like, oh, why am I so rubbish at praying? Why don't I pray more? How come none of my prayers seem to get answered and Rachel Riddles does? Why, God, do you not answer the prayers that seem really obvious? I don't know, that's a whole thing, but I, I get those things turn up whenever I start turning my attention to prayer. I don't know about you, do you, how you find prayer, whether you're a big prayer or whether it's really new to you, or again, some of those questions that can come along when you start engaging with prayer is, oh, how does this all work? Prayer is a great topic to make Christians feel guilty. There's a number of them, but this is a really good one. And as a preacher, you should pray more and do all this. And you're like, oh yeah, I really should pray, oh gosh. But that's not what in Jesus' heart for us as we follow him and what we're encouraged to enter into in prayer. Now, um, one of the things that Jesus knows is that prayer is something that we have to learn. It's not just something you do, you have to learn in it. So let me give you an example. If you were going to learn the piano today, how long would it take you to get to grade 8 level of being a piano player? A couple of weeks? Give it a few months? A year? Many years. And in fact, many musicians say that instruments are never mastered. You get better at them, but there's still always more that you can develop. And maybe our thinking around prayer is that we just think, oh, I'll, I'll do a couple of prayers and that will do. But actually, we need to learn how to pray. On that scale of kind of grade one to grade eight, where are you on your prayer grade? How would you rate yourself? What, what is there? But there is always more to learn and more to grow in in prayer. So today we're going to look at a passage in Luke 11, right at the start of Luke 11. It will come up on the screen, but you can also follow it if you've got a Bible here. And Jesus says, I'm going to teach you how to pray to his disciples. He wants them to learn how to pray. And he says, okay, I'm going to teach you. What, what's the secret? What's some of the ways that we should approach prayer? Now, a lot of this, if you've been in church a long time, will be quite familiar to us. And on the second slide, there is the Lord's Prayer. Now, the Lord's Prayer is a prayer that's been prayed throughout the ages in the church. And I would just invite you to pray, read that with me and pray it with me when we get to it. The Lord's Prayer is actually a corporate prayer. Uh, although we pray individually, forgive us our sins. It's, it's for us to pray together. So uh, let's have a look at this passage. It starts at the top of chapter 11. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John the Baptist taught his disciples. 
Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of his friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. The key to this passage, which I'm going to be talking about, is all about that phrase, shameless audacity. In fact, it can be described in a number of different ways. It's also said persistent boldness or sheer persistence. There's something about how the person asked late at night for the bread that Jesus is getting at. There's something going on there about sheer persistence, persistent boldness that is what Jesus is wanting to draw on. Let me give you an example. I've got some boys and they're like sharks, frankly, uh, especially when the biscuits come out. And so one of them comes up and she says, can I have a biscuit? And I say, no. What? But they've all got biscuits. Oh, you're so right, so fan. And it goes on for a while. And then when they've got that out of the system, I say, why don't you ask again? And then they're like, oh, please, can I have a biscuit? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm like, all I want you to do is say please when you ask for things. Oh, Dad, you're so annoying. Well, you're so annoying that you never say please. Spending years, that's all I want for my kids. Just say please and thank you. Just vaguely be polite. That would be my achievement. They get all annoyed about that. And we go around that merry-go-round dance many times. I'm saying to them, look, you need to ask me right if you want a biscuit. I just want you to say please, that's all. Jesus is saying you need to ask right when you're praying. You need to ask God in the right way when you pray. This is what he's getting at around this boldness thing and being persistent. You need to ask in the right way. So why is it so hard for us to do it? I've got some top things I'm going to whiz through is why I think it's hard for us to pray in this way. Here we go. Number one, we pray the kingdom of me rather than the kingdom of God. At the very start of this passage, it begins with Jesus showing us the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed is your name, your kingdom come. We will often pray, my kingdom come, please. Now, God loves us when we pray, and we can pray anything. I'm just being honest that we need to pray the kingdom of God to come here on earth. That is what we're pursuing and seeing. So the kingdom of when your extension's going to finish, or will I have enough of things, important though they are to you, are less important to God. I'm just putting it out there that not all prayers are the same. Are you praying the kingdom? 
Are you praying the kingdom of me or the kingdom of God? Jesus is saying, pray the kingdom in. That's what we want to see, that God's will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Let me be clear. I'm not saying you can't pray about anything. Pray about everything. But I'm saying God's ear, I really believe, is hearing who are those people seeking the kingdom. The second thing is we bargain with God. We try and persuade him. Back to the biscuit example. Dad, can I have another biscuit? No. Oh, Dad, um, what if I tidy my room uh, forever and like, I'll do the washing up for this week and, and all these things? I'm like, oh my gosh, what bit of no do you not understand? But there's this bargaining. But we do it with God. God, I really want you to answer this. And if you do, I'll start doing this, I promise. Or, okay, I'll, I'll really sort this out in my life. Or we suddenly put it a behavior on us that if we just kind of can twist God's arm and make it all right, we can maybe do a deal. It doesn't work like that. God loves us and, and is happy. But to get his will done, he's not going to bargain around that. But sometimes we find ourselves doing that. Third one is, well, it's just not very British. Um, we're not very wired for this. We're too polite, like hopefully my kids will be. Thank you so much, please. Uh, any chance you could, okay, no worries. No, and we sort of bring that to prayer. Like, don't want to trouble you at all. Uh, any chance, oh, no, it's in asleep. Okay, you know, the British would have knocked on the door. Any chance, actually, I'm not even going to knock. They're in bed. Oh, I'm run away. <laughs> That's what we do. There's something on us that seems to be reserved around asking and pursuing for things. It's a British thing. Um, here's the thing. We ask once and we seek once and we knock once. We read that passage, ask it and be given, seek it. Actually, that passage isn't translated very well. It, it's more like this. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. We sort of ask once, seek once, knock once, and then, oh, it didn't work. And then, ah, that, that didn't happen again. Another unanswered prayer. Or sometimes maybe we're just not that bothered. It doesn't move us enough, either get under our skin or get in our heart around the things we pray for. Yeah, Lord, sorry for this trouble. Just bless them and help them. Out. And, and we, we kind of don't, it doesn't bother us. Another thing is that we give up too easily. I'm going to give an example in my prayer office. Come with me over here and I'll show you. So, um, this is what goes on for me praying. Um, in here, this is my intray of prayer requests. Um, lots of them in here, all good stuff. So I get praying, and if it all goes well, then what I do is put it in the yes pile. This is one here in the middle, and yes, it's answered. Fantastic. Do some more praying. Now, you know, not everything gets prayed. I understand that not all prayer is answered. So praying away, praying away, and oh dear, this one didn't work. This is going to go in the no pile. Now, here's the problem. Often, I'm the one that decides when it's a no. I've been praying for a while. You know what? That stubborn situation doesn't seem to be changing much. I'm pretty sure that God's just going to let that one roll. And so I choose to put it in the no pile. Not because God's told me, but I've given up. There's, a, there's an extra category that we need to add here, and that is this one. This is the persistent category. This is, oh, I've been praying this one for a while. Actually, this is going in the persistent prayer. This is the stubborn stuff. This is the bit where I need to really hang in there, keep digging, keep praying, keep pushing for it. This one isn't easy. 
Now, we can pray about all sorts of things, blessing our family, our friends, and lots of good things. But when we're praying for breakthrough, to see the kingdom come, to see transformation, to see a turnaround happen where it doesn't seem possible, this is where I need to put my prayers. But too often, I'm straight away into the yes or no without really digging in to the persistent stuff. So this is what we're going to look at. What does it mean to pray in a persistent way? We're going to do this. Go to Jesus and ask him to teach you how to pray. Just as the disciples did in the beginning verses. Teach us how to pray. You need to ask Jesus to teach you how you need to pray. What do you need to learn next? And the Holy Spirit and Scripture and the wisdom of the church and people around you will help you pray. Are you hungry to learn how to pray? Are you satisfied with how it is? Or do you acknowledge that we all have room to learn how to pray? Second one is go to God in prayer as your Father. Father's mentioned a number of times in verse 2, right at the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. But also at the end, the final section, where he describes a father and compares earthly fathers to our heavenly father. He said, understand that when you go to prayer, you go to God as father. How much more will your God in heaven want to give what you need and give you the Holy Spirit? The point is here of father's care and provide and protect. And if we don't understand that, then even who we're going to in prayer you can think, oh, maybe they're not that bothered. We're going to our Father in heaven who cares. Also, go to God knowing that he has what you need. The man in the story at midnight goes to his neighbor because he knows he has bread. They all live together. This small community, let's say. Often they would have a communal bakery where they'd all bake their bread at the beginning of the day. He knows there's leftover bread. Otherwise, he wouldn't bother him. We need to go to God knowing that God has what we need. If you go to God but like, oh, I don't know if he's... That's really going to hold us back in how we pray. We go to God saying, God, I know that you have everything that we need for this situation or what's going on. And I'm asking you for it. Go to God when you lose heart. It's really important for many of us. We've struggled with prayer because we've prayed things that haven't been answered. A few chapters later in Luke 18, Jesus tells another parable, another story about prayer. In fact, he starts it saying, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. This is about a persistent widow, this amazing widow who keeps battering an unjust judge. And the unjust judge gets so fed up, he says, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because the widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice. The bothering me bit is more violent than that. Basically punching me in the face. It's like a boxing ring and she's just laying into him until he's had enough. There's something punchy about what the persistent widow is doing. Jesus understands that you will lose heart. In this situation with the persistent widow, it's about injustice. That God's people will cry out for justice because of the injustice that we're in. Whatever you're crying out for, God understands that you'll lose heart in prayer. And if you do, acknowledge that before God. I've lost heart. Help me to pray again. We need to ask for a holy boldness. A sharp knocking on the door and an insistent asking that refuses to give up. Jesus hasn't just taught us what to pray, but how to pray. Often we just focus on the Lord's Prayer because we know it. We'll just pray the Lord's Prayer. And sure, that's a good thing to do. 
But Jesus says, pray the Lord's Prayer in this way. Pray it with a holy boldness, a sheer audacity, a persistent asking. That is how you pray the Lord's Prayer. And for two, we've separated the two. We'll pray the Lord's Prayer, but we miss out the how, the, the spirit behind it, the drive behind it. Jesus wants you to keep praying and not to give up. To not lose heart. To encourage you today. This is God's word to us as a church, is to keep praying. Pray boldly. And don't stop. There's many examples of that in the New Testament writings of keep praying, keep praying. So we're going to go into communion now. And as we do, it'll be a chance for us to bring our lives before God. But one of the things I want to pray for us as we go into that is that God would strengthen you around prayer. But more than that, that God would strengthen your spirit. And that when we take the bread and the wine, it's a spiritual act that we're doing. That the Holy Spirit will meet you through this. And in doing so, the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you, wants to strengthen you, wants to build you up. But more than that, in your spirit... To capture that kind of boldness again that God is calling out for you. I'm really aware as I talk about prayer that prayer is a painful topic. And I haven't been able to unpack those things around unanswered prayer. I know for some of us it's been deeply painful the journeys of prayer that we've been on. But even so, today, hear the words of Jesus. Keep praying and don't give up. I'm going to pray for you now and then I'll hand over to Rachel. Lord, we thank you that you call us to prayer. It's a calling that you give us as your church. And I pray you'd help us to be faithful to that collectively. But I pray also in our own hearts, God, wherever we are with prayer today, may you bless us, strengthen us, and encourage us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.